Welcome to Sunday Table Tennis Live. First of all, who came up with that idea? It's a little bit restrictive. Especially when tech fails you. It is restrictive. But we got there in the end, Keith. We got there in the end. No, so sorry guys for those of you who were tuning in yesterday morning. Uh, we just couldn't get Will linked up um into our system. So we thought about doing a Skype call, Zoom call, streaming it live, but we thought Given the quality show that we've put out so far to all of our other guests, we thought that it'd be only fair that Will received the same treatment and had his tribute and, you know, had his interview the same way that our other uh, coaches and players have received. So first of all, guys, how are we getting on? Good week? Yeah, good week. Yeah, good. We had um, obviously Liam on last week and Liam was uh, candid, I think, in, in terms of his responses, answers. You know, it was good to have him on. He gave a lot of insight and... Um, yeah, really happy to have him on. And we got another star obviously on this week. Uh, John, what have you been up to? <laughs> he did. He did. He did. And. Let's, let's have a look what's coming up then, Keith. Well, yeah, we got Will coming on today, the star of Strictly Come Dancing, the Paralympic gold medalist, living legend, MBE and all that. Will Bailey's coming to join us. Bring him in, Keith. Let's say hello to him. Ryan. There he is. Hey. How are you doing, Will? You all right? You're okay. Good to see you guys. Yeah, sorry about yesterday, but we got there in the end. We got you on in the we end. Got and in, we got there in the end. We wanted to make sure, obviously, that you had the uh, the rightful sort of entrance and uh, all the video footage we got for you now. You know, we want to give you a, a good show. So, I'm Keith, I think it would be nice to play Will's montage.
scenes really. So What's it like? Uh, I don't know. What's it like watching that back? Brilliant, man. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I, I don't watch the, the final or anything that much, to be honest. Although it's hard to believe. But, I mean, just all those things that, that I've done in, in my in my career, I'm so lucky. I'm, I feel so privileged to be able to play this sport and to have the opportunities that I've had. So, uh, it's just amazing to watch back, to be fair. Yeah, and that's what all our guests have said, really. Watching the clips that Keith puts together, watching them back, it's obviously nice to see your sort of journey from and the different stages of your successes yeah i think um i think the celebration in 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 rio was just so i think when you hear about sort of when people everyone a lot of people know my life story and and i think when you've overcome those sort of hurdles i just felt like so much i don't know just i saw my mum and dad in the in in the stands you know mm. and that's who i focused on when i won that uh when i won that point and i just saw them and i think all the times that i've been you know, in hospital, sort of fighting for my life or, um, you know, trying to overcome my disability. I've always sort of seen my mum there and I had that moment, you know, when I won the gold medal, like yeah, uh, sure. after all that, I've achieved that. So that it was just a really proud moment. I was, I was so, yeah, it was just an amazing feeling. You had a yellow card as well, did you? I know. I'm so, <laughs> so harsh. Yeah, harsh. Yeah. No, okay. no, it's fair enough. Okay, I'm going to list your CV, which um, I took off your website and uh, Wikipedia. So, again, if I've missed something substantial, let me know. Um, born 17th of January 1988 in Tunbridge Wells. Age 12, I know there's a lot before that, but age 12, joined Bing Hall Table Dance Club. Age 17, moved to the Sheffield EIS, the British squad. 2008, at the Beijing Paralympics Team GB final. 2009, Gold at the Czech and German Opens. 2010, gold at the Italian and Brazilian Opens. 2011, European champion in split Croatia and silver in the team event to go with it. 2011, again, voted the European Player of the Year. January 2012, you reached world number one. In the summer of 2012, silver medal at the London Paralympics. On to 2016, Beijing Paralympics, gold beating Brazilian, Israel, uh, Stroh. In 2017, appointed member of the Order of the British Empire, MBE for services to table tennis. 2019, signed to go on to Strictly Come Dancing. Now, I know there's plenty of other things in between, which you'll probably yeah. bring out uh, in the questions we ask you, but that's some list, Will. Yeah, I mean, as you say, like I'm, I'm just proud to, to be able to represent my country, probably like, like you guys, you know. Um, you know, I, I do have a genuine passion for the sport. I really, really, really love it. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot more to come. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm as motivated as I've ever been. I'm even more motivated to go on and, and to do more, you know. So I've got a lot of the reasons why I play now. is not just about table tennis. It's about, in, you know, it sounds cheesy, but it's the truth. It's about trying to inspire people with disabilities to get into the sport and try and grow the sport as well. I think it's got so much potential, you know, and I want to try and, um, and I want to try and bring it out and I need to be as professional as I can be and try and win those medals so I can do that. So I can have that power, you know? Yes, I do know. Yeah. Um, John, uh, Keith, what do you think of that list of achievements? Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, to be honest, um, I was speaking to Weatherall, I'll be quite friendly with Dave Weatherall. And, and to be honest, I find uh, you guys a complete in inspiration, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, 
I've watched a couple of videos. I think we might have one here. You know, of, uh, you know, considering you know your disability and 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 whatnot, it's it's just phenomenal. You know, to see you going on. You know, I think we've got a video coming up here of you doing squats, and you know, it just shows you that work ethic and dedication. You you know, you've never let that stop you in, in your career. You've never looked at it negatively. You've you've always looked at it in a very positive way, which I I think is phenomenal. So, big up for me, amazing. Amazing, amazing achievements. I think we've had some really big guests on, but you're the first one on that stood on the top of the podium at the Olympic Games, and I think you know. I know myself, Ryan and Keith, don't know what that feels like, but we, we know from watching sport that only the best stand on the top of those podiums. And, and I think, uh, you know, that's that's what I was noticing in the video there. Um, and, and I suppose to, to talk about your table in this game, I just never see a miss. You just The balls was always on the table. And that's, I don't know, if, and I'm sure you'll we'll bring that out in the interview. I don't know if that's a strength that you pride yourself on, but anytime I watch videos of you or watch you play in big matches, I just, I just don't see you miss any ball, so I have a lot of respect for that. And now I'm looking forward to the interview. I have to say, I found out he doesn't miss when I played him in the Jersey Open. He doesn't miss. You're right. Kept me going and going and going. <laughs> Still smacked the ball past him a few times. <laughs> so, um, going on to the questions, Will. Um, obviously, I started the CV when I listed your achievements um, at 12, joining Bing Hall. Tell us about what happened before that. How you got into table tennis? Yeah, so um, obviously, like I was born with a condition called arthrogryphosis, affects all four of my limbs. Um, but I was lucky; I was always uh, encouraged to get into sport. My dad was a football manager locally, and my brother was a, a good footballer as well. So I had that sort of um, sporting background. And um, yeah, I, so I was always playing badminton, tennis, table tennis. And when I was seven, I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So in hospital um, with my sort of Hickman line in, the only thing I could really do was. Uh, play mini table tennis so I started playing and my grandma bought me a table and um, when I left hospitals I had this like feeling I just wanted to carry on playing and and um, yeah I joined joined Bing Hall Table Tennis yeah. Club and I had a good coach Gary Howes who sort of um, you know was made me love the sport so that was good I had a luck I was lucky I had a fir first coach that sort of had that and um, but my main my main thing when I first started is I just love playing and I love comp competitive like matches and stuff like that and and then, um, yeah, I've been lucky enough like, like to have some amazing coaches. Probably most of them, you know, Steve Ward was my first, yeah. uh, my, my first GB coach. And he had the sort of like the grit, the grit and determination. And that, that kind of has stuck with me for the rest of my career. And then I had like Satchel from Filton College and, um, you know, Greg Baker now, Andrew Rushton, Matt Kenny and Goraz. So, you know, I've been so blessed with the people that have sort of trained me, I think. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, Steve was my old doubles partner. We won Commonwealth bronze together. So, yeah, I knew the work he'd done in starting things on the British level with you. And then, obviously, you progressed further then. But, yeah, good times. Very good times. Yeah, he was, uh, he was a beast of a trainer, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unbelievable. And, 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 and taking that on, Will, um, going to probably, uh, I don't know, and I'm sure you'll tell us, arguably, your greatest achievement. Um, how did it feel jumping on the table in Rio and finally becoming the Olympic champion? What what what, what was going through your head? I, I don't want to say yellow cards, but I'll, I'll put it in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what, how did you feel? Uh, John, it was a lot of emotions were going around because obviously um, I lost in the final of the London 2012 and 
and I was just so obviously like everyone you're desperate to win like you're you're desperate it's all you think about you know I knew I had a chance you know when I was playing Paralympic sport I felt like I had a chance to win um and I dreamed about it since I first started competing in 2007 that I could become Paralympic champion and then I just I just had so much I just relief was it's weird to say but relief was probably the main thought um, just to say that I've done it, I would I would have always sort of maybe had a regret at the end of my career if I'd have lost, say, in London 2012 and then never won a Paralympic gold medal, you know, because you, you're sort of, you know, anyone who knows me knows that I'm obsessed with the sport and obsessed with winning. So, like, that could have really hurt me. So I was kind of relieved that I won it. But now, now that sort of feeling just comes back, you know, that feeling of wanting to win, I haven't really lost that. So... I don't know if that will ever go away. You know, that chip on your shoulder that you always want to win things, it, yeah. it never goes away, Just, even if you won a Paralympic. Wasn't there a period where you thought about retiring or did retire and come back? Um, tell me about that. Yeah, I, 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 never, I never thought about, about retiring. I, I mean, I, when I chose to do Strictly, I, I wanted a new challenge and I wanted, to, I wanted to do something out of the sport. And, I, you know, I knew it was going to be, you know, it's a short career. And I wanted to try and build my profile and, and build the profile of the sport as well. I did that. I took some time out, obviously, not as much as I was thinking because of my injury. It's even more so. But I, I just felt that that was a great opportunity for me to sort of do something new. And it was a new challenge. And, and I really loved it. And, you know, you obviously began uh, your career at a, quite a young age. But at 17, you made the decision to move to Sheffield. Um, to pr- pursue a professional career. Um, how big of a change was that for you and what advice would you give to younger players wanting to turn professional? Well, yeah, I, I actually went to Filton College first. So I was there for two years. So I was, I was kind of used to playing uh, full-time. From uh, I was about 17 when I was at Filton and then I moved to the National Centre afterwards in Sheffield and for me, it changed. It changed everything. You know, I, I was around. I was around professional players all the time. So I was around the likes of Craig Allison and Gavin Rumgay. Um, you know, I lived with Johnny Crawford and Scott Crawford, and that. You know, we were we were training every day, Dan. And I, so we were training every day, all day. So, like, it helped to see those guys and to learn from those guys. And and then uh, when I moved to the National Centre, I felt like I was ready because obviously I had that background of training in Filton and and. Um, yeah, I think that really helps. So, God, sorry. Go on, Keith. Follow. No, I was just going to say, and you know, how 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 did you find the other side of things? Obviously, you know, you have nobody to depend on. You have to look after everything yourself. I remember seventeen. I moved away, pursued a professional career. Maybe one regret I would have is that I didn't possibly give it long enough. Um, and how 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 did you find those other areas? Oh, I think we might have lost Will. Um, we will hopefully try and get him back in. I think he has just been disconnected. Um, hopefully he will come back well, in in a moment. What do you think, guys? I mean, obviously we, we've we, we've known Will quite a long time, you know, growing up. Um, certainly I've been following his career. I'm a big fan of Strictly. I've I watched him on Strictly, and to be honest, I I I just find it amazing. You know, you know the the confidence that he has jumping into something that he's never done before. And, you know, you, you can see that sort of champion in him coming out. Yeah, you could only imagine really how tough it must be to do that live on TV on a Saturday evening in front of millions of people. So um, you've got to believe in yourself and you've got to be able to 
um, learn new tasks, I think, and then obviously put them into practice when it matters. So a lot of it is relative to being a top sportsman. But yeah, it must be nerve wracking. And that's what Mays alluded to, didn't he, with Dancing in the Stars? Yeah, I, I agree with both of you, but at the end of the day, the two guys that we're talking about here both stood on the podium at the Olympic Games. I think they think about they think about pressure at different level than all of us have thought about it. So, so I can understand how someone like Will, when you've when you've achieved what you have in the sport and being able to hold it together at that level, you know, while I'm sure it's difficult in strictly they're just a different breed, these guys who are winning medals at at, at that level. Well, going back to his point about Fitton College, so I was there at the time when Will and, and the players you mentioned were, were practicing there, and the level of sort of intensity those guys used to put in sessions was phenomenal for that sort of time where they were college students focusing on their studies. But when they were in the hall, it was just ferocious. They were battling hard. They were obviously improving well. Uh, Rumgay joined as well later on. So a good group of kids there that's um, turned into obviously good senior players. Yeah, I couldn't help thinking there, Ryan, when you mentioned Craig Housen. I know we had him on a couple of weeks ago. It's, you know, it, it's that kind of pro that you want around you, really. And, and I'm sure Craig, you know, how impressed I have been with Craig in his career, but even the interview that we had with him, and, and I know people commented afterwards of, you know, how much he thought about the game and, and how much he really wanted to become better. And I'm sure for someone like Will to have someone like Craig around him in the time that he was in Fulham College, I'm sure it was a... It was a, it was a big help. Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, John, talk about Australia then, because you will. Hello, Will, you're back. You got it. <laughs> That's all right, no problem. Hey, um, we were just talking about you. Uh, obviously, when you're trying to reconnect in about um, about you know your time in Filton and things like that. But um, yeah, I was there. Obviously, I witnessed it as well, and the intensity on the guys. The obviously studies were important, but the way you then trained was quite ferocious, wasn't it? battling against each other yeah yeah I mean we we, we all wanted to win and and uh, I think that helped my competitive edge as well you know having those guys to fight against and I definitely would, I wouldn't be the player that I wouldn't I mean I, I'm nothing special but I won't be the player I was if I didn't have the likes of you know even now at the National Centre Aaron McKibben and Ross Wilson and Dave and uh, Kim Daybell to fight against because sure. you know we're all fighters we all want to win and I think that really helps when you have a good training group yeah, moving back then to um, that final in Rio, you're playing a Brazilian in Rio in the final. You know, what was the atmosphere like? Did you feel the crowd was for him more than you? Were there loads of Brazilians there, or was it a multi multi nation crowd? Yeah, it was crazy because um, it was just I wasn't expecting to play him in the final for a start. You know, he was I think he was 14 in the world at the time, and and it was a bit of a surprise that he came all the way to the final. And um, I just walked out and I heard so much Brazilian noise. I mean, it was about 6,000 seat of state. It was full, full, full out, 6,000 people. And But the, the thing that I remember most actually is seeing all the GB boys and that stuck in my head when I saw them all cheering for me. And um, and all I could hear was them. It was weird. Like All I could hear was like GB or Will. And I just felt, um, I just, I just felt ready to play. But yeah, it was a scrappy game to be fair, but it doesn't really care. I don't really care no, if I, I, I want. I want. Yeah, That's yeah, fine. it doesn't matter. But obviously, yeah. there's, there's two spectrums there: playing in London with the home crowd and not uh, winning the final, then playing against a home favourite in Rio and, and taking him down. So there's you know two parts of the spectrum there. Yeah, and when I was in the waiting area, you know, like the holding area for an hour, like I was thinking about the final of London 2012. I'm not sure if psychologically I should have been doing that, but. 
I, it's, it's impossible not to let that creep into your mind. And I, I was thinking what Jochen Vollmer did against me in that final. He was super cool and he was super relaxed. And I just thought, can I put something, you know, can I, can I just calm down a bit and actually just like relax? And I think that helps losing that final um, to then go and play this, this next final in, in Rio. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, we're move, moving into something a little bit more recent than and, and away from the tables in this court. Um, and I know we we've put up some little videos there and stuff, but they strictly come dancing. Um, yeah. And I know, I know there was a, I know it was a huge positive and and it was something great for table tennis because I know it was it was like all over social media and and it was really popular and it made the game game grow within the UK and Ireland absolutely um, yeah. but tell me tell me a little bit about when it all ended and and and, and you had to you had to give you give, give your time up on the show how did you feel at that point yeah I was I was gutted because um well I mean it was a great run I was in week seven and like I was just so proud that I got that far and then um we had the the, the dance that we were doing was like the most fun dance I've done it was the jive and uh I was flying in his Casper the Friendly Ghost as well. So I was in my element. You know, I was, I was like, it was Saturday. I was just about to do the performance and then, yeah, I was flying in from the rooftops. And then uh, on the last rehearsal of the day, I was probably fatigued, you know. I was probably like a little bit fatigued in my legs. And I jumped and I couldn't grab. You know, there was no there was no quads. There was no activation in any of my muscles. You know, when you're just tired. And and I felt my, I felt my knee just pop, like just go and... As soon as I did it, I thought I'd broken my leg, and and um, but it wasn't. And then and then obviously when I started walking, and my knee just kept like popping out. If you've ever done an ACL, it's horrible. And and then I had the I had the scan, and straight away it said they said you torn your ACL, and it's like it, it's it's not really it never sunk in for months, you know. And then obviously I had times on my recovery that were miserable, you know. I went to the gym after a, a month of having the surgery and. I was. I remember like crying on the. I remember sitting down crying, trying to do a, trying to do a bike, and I couldn't get my. I couldn't get my leg going around in a circle, you know, because it wouldn't. It wouldn't have the knee. The knee bend, and stuff like that. It was just so frustrating. But yeah, I feel like I've come out the other end now. Well, I can see on social media you keep in touch with. You know, you keep in touch with each other. Yeah. They retweet you. You retweet them, and yeah. the support with the masks and everything. Do you all just stay in touch after the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a, it's like a WhatsApp group, so they they we sort of support each other on things that we do, and yeah, I've stayed in contact with with quite a few of them actually, uh, but they're also busy as well. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I it was a it was crazy. It's so cool to be involved, and I never thought I'd have ever opportunity to be in. It's a weird way that I got I actually got asked, and um, one of the producers watched me. Her son watched me play in um, Rio 2016 and saw me jump on the table. Yeah. And then showed showed her mum, who was the producer of Strictly, and um, my my celebration, and that's how I got on Strictly because of that. So, so it's just weird, <laughs> isn't it? How it works out, yeah. Well, the next time I win a vets tournament, I'm jumping on the table. Then, if that's exactly. the case, you never know. I exactly. might end up on something one day. That yellow card was 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 worth a few quid in the end. Definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. When I, <laughs> I I saw her actually um, when we went back into the village. Um, so like it's the athletes' village. Like we walked through the barriers at the same time, and I looked round at her, and she looked round at me. And she gave, she didn't even smile, and I had my gold medal and everything. And she was, yeah, <laughs> <it's a> strange. <laughs> That's a strange. Great. One. 
And yeah. a couple of weeks back, we spoke with um, Michael Mays, who done the Danish equivalent. Uh, I believe it's Dancing with the Stars, I think is the title. Yeah. Um, for us, whenever we were interviewing him, he, he said that the, there was no pressure. He's never felt pressure like it. He said that um, he couldn't even comprehend the amount of pressure, the live scene, the studio, the rehearsal, trying to remember everything. How would you say that compared to nine all in the fifth or nine all in the seventh in a really important Olympic final, world final, which you've clearly experienced? Oh, well, I, I mean, Michael's a legend, legend, isn't he? So, but I, I just thought it was a lot easier than playing table <laughs> than playing table tennis because yeah. because because I don't care if I'm rubbish at dancing, but I really care if I'm rubbish at table tennis. Yeah, so I, I kind of just I kind of just went with the flow and. I kind of thought I had absolutely nothing to lose. I don't think anyone thought I was going to be any good, and I, I wasn't. So I just thought, let's just have a bit of fun with it, really. Yeah. And and that's I think that's why um, I got a lot of support because I think people got that, and, and that's the main thing. I mean, you've you've obviously had quite a number of knockbacks, you know, through your career and through your life as a journey so far. Um, you know, you you've, you've you obviously got injured um, during Strictly. In London 2012, you obviously had a silver. You probably would have wanted a gold. Um, however, you have managed to bounce back time and time again. There's There must be an, an ingredient there built into Will Bailey that just says, I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep fighting. Um, so how did you bounce back and how did you manage to lift that uh, gold medal that you so cherish now? Uh, well, I, I think I'm, I'm lucky with the people around me and I'm lucky also with the the life I've had I think that made me who I am you know I, uh, having those sort of things happen to you when you're a child makes you naturally you have to be a fighter otherwise you just don't you just don't survive and you have to stick up for yourself you have to be resilient because you know you you know you go through so much at school you go through everything and then you have to you know in competition and table tennis is nothing really compared to what I've been through in my life so it's just um it's easy to come back, you know. I just feel uh, resilience is sort of built inside me quite naturally. And um, I'm, a, I'm a fighting character. But, um, yeah, I think it's down to the coaches as well that I've had around me. They've inspired me and other players around me in the squad that have inspired me, to be honest, as well. well again, I've been up in Sheffield. I've seen that environment that you all train in. It's very, obviously, producing great results. It's something that I think you all feed off each other. And, obviously, the coaches are professional. The setup's professional. The training hall's professional. It's a good place to yeah. flourish. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, we've got Andrew Rushton now, who's a brilliant coach, I think, and absolutely fantastic. Done fantastic stuff for the squad already. And Greg, um, great manager and leader. And um, Matt Kenny as well, like a great technical coach. So we've got a really good, like, um, sort of different coaches with different strengths. And I think that's why it works so well, you know. And uh, then we've got Goraz, who's sort of overseeing it as sort of a manager. So... I think it's I think it's worked really well, and you know I, I just think we can go from strength to strength. We've got some really good young players as well coming through. You know, Josh Stace is one of them who's got a lot of potential to to go all the way. I think in the sport. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Um, coming yeah. from Wales, obviously. Um, well, what do you what does Will Bailey do off the table to relax? Is it family? Is it travelling? What type of things do you do off the table? Yeah, I, I well. During the week, I'm always in Sheffield, so and I live on my own in Sheffield, so I'm just I just train and go home, and and then on weekends I I go back to see my little girl, so I've got a little girl called Bella, and I see her uh, most weekends, so kind of all my spare time's taken up seeing her and 
yeah, it's definitely she's another motivation for me to carry on and to keep keep winning. Yeah, I remember when I had children. I was young when I had uh, Jack, and mm-hmm. table tennis is always going to be important to you. But it's not as important. Well, it is as important. But if I lost and then Jack was there, he took my mind off yeah. it because family is obviously more important than the sport. But um, the table tennis didn't be less important. It was just that um, you got things to take. Yeah. Uh, you know, off the mind uh, of losing. So, hundred um, percent. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's helped me a lot as well, and it's helped me a lot through my injury as well. You know, because I want to be an example to her. You know, I want to show her what I'm all about, and I want to show her. I don't want her to be uh, embarrassed about her dad being a Paralympian or being. You know, I know what the perceptions are like sometimes out there. I want her to be super proud of me, mm. and the only way I can do that is if I'm ultra professional. You know. Do you think that uh, she'll play table tennis in the future? Has she got any interest at all? I hope, I hope so. Maybe I, I'm. I've been sent a um, a table, so I'm gonna I'm, next week. I'm gonna get a table in the back garden and a robot. So we'll see if she's got any skills. Fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. So already um, played in three Paralympics. What's number four gonna bring for you? Well, I mean, I'm going to be as well prepared as anyone, and um, I, I just want to give it my best shot and be and, and take you know take a game at a time, like everyone says. But you know, it, do you know what? You know, the Paralympics has come such a blimmin' long way since like since 2008, Beijing 2008. You know, everyone's professional who's playing in those in the Paralympics who qualifies. Everyone plays full time, so it's kind of like you can lose any match in the group, you can lose in the quarterfinal, last 16, whatever. I just got to try and be as good, well prepared as I can be. But it's it's tough. It's getting, you know, it's it's just you know it's as tough as it's ever been, you know. Yeah, the levels are going up all the time. People are obviously getting fitter, stronger, yeah, more more knowledge about the game, etc. And um, yeah, people just want to beat the champ yeah. as well. So you're the current champ. They want to beat you, but you got to fend them off. So it's going to be a an interesting sort of challenge for you, really. And delayed yeah. twelve months, obviously, from what would have been this summer. That was delayed. That's a good thing for you, I guess, with the injury and stuff. But um, yeah, what yeah. do you think? What, what um, do you think about the the delay? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, well, it was weird because like you don't know what to do. I was, I kind of felt guilty that I was kind of happy that I was delayed, you know, because of the problems for everyone and and obviously problems for for myself, my own family. So I can't really be too, you know, my mum's a beautician and she hasn't worked at all, you know what I mean? So. I mean, but for me, uh, professionally wise, you know, for for a Paralympics to be delayed, it's given me a real chance, and it's like it, yeah. You know, it's like I've been given another lifeline, you know, in my career having this, and I need to take it with both my hands, you know. In week two, um, we made your um, Sunday table tennis live star of the week, um, for your seals with your your uh, face masks, um, to obviously fight against COVID nineteen. Um, I believe it was last week I was following you on your Facebook profile and you had raised over £20,000, I believe. Um, since then, I have seen there has been uh, some more stars taking up your masks. Uh, Johnny Cowan, ITTF's yeah. voice. Uh, Johnny Vegas, I've seen he has been or he's got involved. Um, and Claudia and Tess from Strictly. So just wanted an update. Where are you at with that? And, and where did the idea come from? Yeah, so, yeah, we've... we've well, the idea came from, um, obviously, the first few weeks of lockdown, everyone was thinking about face masks. And I just thought, you know, is there anything that we can do? 
uh, to raise some money for Great Ormond Street. They were needing an emergency appeal. They had an emergency appeal for some funding that they needed. So I, I kind of just messaged the, the ladies from um, Strictly who did the costumes. And I said, like, can we make, can we, is there any chance we can make uh, some, um, you know, face masks? And, and uh, yeah, we, they, they made some. And, yeah, we, we're here now. 20, it's about £25,000 now we've raised. And we've got Jack Wiltshire, um, the footballer, and then Claudia and Tess and uh, Sophie ellis Bexter as well, who are bringing out masks. So, yeah, we're, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, Jack was on um, a League of Their Own uh, when Anna was on there. So he, he was, he's a character, isn't he? Nice guy. Yeah, really nice. And when he said he'd, um, he'd do it and like he'd pass it around the, the West Ham changing rooms, I mean, it's brilliant. You know, I mean, we could sell so many and we could raise so much money. He's got three million followers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it's just different class, you know. Crazy. And there was a, a shot um, at the end of your tribute video. Um, I believe that was Johnny Vegas. He actually came to watch you. Is that correct? And are, are you friends with Johnny Vegas? Yeah, Johnny's been like a supporter of the Paralympics from when I first started. So, yeah, it was it was just nice to see him in the crowd, and it was a bit surreal to be honest because he was pro- he was quite drunk, and it was like ten o'clock in the morning, and he was absolutely steaming. So, like. Um, <laughs> It was it was a bit strange, but you know he was the loudest guy cheering for me. That's for sure. Sounds like Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> that battery that must be overheating by now, right? <laughs> no, fantastic stuff, Will, and I suppose just listening to you there on 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 on, on what Keels was saying, it just it. It, it shows, you know, how, how, how far you put Taylor is on the map and, you know, to be able to achieve something like that for such a good cause is, is, is phenomenal and now great credit to you. Um, I suppose, uh, last question from my side, MBE, what, a, what an honour. How, how did that make you feel? I'm sure it was a great moment. It was, yeah, I mean, it was a brilliant moment for for my family more than anything my mum you know to be in the palace it was surreal I mean I don't think I deserve one but I mean I you know for my mum and dad it was probably the most special day of their lives so you know I I kind of just so so proud that I had the opportunity to take them to the palace and you know to see Prince William like it was surreal you know to you know he actually spoke to me for about a minute and he said you know like um I love table tennis but my, my wife loves it more do you want to give her some coaching and I was too I was too nervous to speak so I went yeah 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 definitely definitely and then it was all over but yeah it was um it was a surreal surreal day and something that I'll never forget definitely and yeah really proud yeah good on you yeah so I was gonna just say just before we move on uh we're gonna try and get in some questions uh to our viewers so guys any if any of you have any questions get them into the comments um, but just while we wait on a few comments to come in, Will, um, there's obviously quite a, um, it's not vastly well known in terms of what the different classes are in para table tennis. Certainly myself, it, I, I had to actually Google it to fully understand what the classes are. Yeah. It, it, is it possible that you could maybe um, explain to our viewers the different classes and, and, and what that means? Absolutely, yeah. So you have class one to five, which is wheelchair classes. And that, um, and people say to me, you know, how can you have five different wheelchair classes? But there's a massive difference in disabilities in wheelchairs. So you can have 
class one that um, literally, so their whole body is affected, uh, including their hands. So they have to even strap, they don't have muscle in any part of their body um, and they have to strap their hands, it's called a tetraplegic. So everywhere is sort of affected. And they also, you know, have shoulder limitations as well. They struggle to throw the ball up even. So it's such a, it's such a high skill um, category. And we've actually got probably one of the best players in the world, Rob Davis, who's a Welsh player who plays in that category. And then um, it goes all the way up to class five, which, um, you know, is basically lower limb and you can basically move around as quickly as, you know, anyone on a wheelchair. So it's like playing, you know, playing me sat down or Ryan sat down. You can still move around and you have full trunk movement and power. And then it's the same in class six to 10. So they're standing classes and six is the most disabled class. And then 10 is the least disabled class. So you have some amazing class sixes with such usually four limbs affected. Um, and then you have class 10 where, you know, the best player at the moment is probably uh, either a Chinese guy or, or Chanowski, who's a Polish player who's actually got to the final of the Polish Polish nationals twice, I think, in the last two two times. So, I mean, he's as good as anyone. You know, he's pretty strong, I'd say. Yeah, if you remember, I was out in the European Championships in Helsingborg, wasn't I, recently? Saw them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it was, wasn't the most successful tournament for you, but you were in the middle of Strictly then, so obviously the focus yeah. wasn't quite there. But, um, yeah, the range of... Um, well, the range of disabilities and, and what they can do. And you, you've seen the guy in ITTF without any arms and he throws the ball up with his foot and plays with the, the bat in yeah, his mouth. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. And, and that's why the sport's so great because like anyone can play it. Like at your clubs, you know, you guys are coaches and stuff. And I think, you know, who's to say, you know, when you see someone like Martin Perry play table tennis, who's to say you can't play table tennis? Like anyone, anyone can play, you know? So that's what's so great about the sport. Absolutely. So I think we have, um, our, well, we have one question in here at the moment from Ellie Bradley. Um, he says, clearly you have faced and um, are facing tough times currently. The question is, um, how do you approach the hardship? Um, do you self-talk? Do you talk to people? Do you, you know, do you speak to psychologists um, or do you, do you manage that mostly yourself? Yeah, I mean, I have got a, a psychologist, sports psychologist, but um, I think, you know, I've, I think just as I say, like over my life, I've had these obstacles and I think that's probably built some kind of like inner strength, I guess, to take on these challenges head first. And I kind of enjoy having my back against the wall. Strange to say, isn't it? But I kind of enjoy having these obstacles to overcome and I find it like exciting, you know. I find it much more exciting thinking that I can't win a par another Paralympic gold medal rather than I'm going to win a Paralympic gold medal. You know, I, I just love that. Yeah. When someone says I can't do something, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, good on you. Amazing. Yeah. And just a question from myself. Um, who's fitter between you and the, and the monster, David Wetherill? Dave. <laughs> at, at the moment, David is 100 times fitter than me. I'm, to be honest, I've really struggled like um, with my... With, with my leg, you know, with my knee to get out and to do stuff. I mean, I've done my physio and I've got a bike here, a really good bike, but um, Dave's an absolute beast at the moment, isn't he? He's looking oh, in he's, great shape. He's, he's a tank. Shape. He's a tank. There's another he's question. There's one more question from Phil Mead. Um, you've obviously overcome, you know, quite uh, large obstacles in your life and in the table tennis hall. Which of those would you say is the, you know, the, the most difficult obstacle to overcome? 
Um, well, probably fighting against the <laughs> fighting against non-Hodgkin's lymphoma was probably the toughest task I've ever had. It wasn't very fun. So that was probably the toughest one. But um, yeah, everything's a battle, you know. Every everything in life is a battle, and you've just got to try and I just try and try and take it on as much as I can. And and yeah, I've, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, there's another one here from Jack Hunter. Uh, who is your favourite wheelchair table tennis player? <laughs> Colin Judge. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, I love Colin. I love Colin. I think um, Tom Matthews. I yeah, yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say at the moment because he's a legend. I'm gonna say Rob Davis because news of the week. News of the week. Jenko, what's your news of the week? My news of the week is in Wales, because of the lockdown, we're still obviously a little bit behind, uh, even England, so we're still confined to our houses. So we've done a virtual tournament or challenge where the players have been using Zoom to come in and challenging themselves against each other in a knockout tournament, just batting ball skills, hitting it against the wall, rotating, all these little challenges, hitting the ball into a mug and these things. And... If they've been winning that challenge, they'd be moving through. And Reese Heatherton today won the final. So it was an innovative way to run a tournament uh, in lockdown. But yeah, it was um, a good way for us to um, encourage our players to compete again, at least, if nothing else. So that's my news of the week. Murphy, what about yourself? Uh, my, my news of the week is I, I, I was engrossed in the German Bundesliga starting back uh, this week with the semi final and final of the playoffs. Um, Oxenhausen beat Dusseldorf in a thriller in the semi and uh, Saarbrücken beat Bremen in the other semi and uh, in the final on Sunday um, Saarbrücken won uh, 3-1 so Saarbrücken are the German champions uh, so it was great to watch the big boys back on Timo Ball uh, unfortunately he lost to Hugo but he, he looked like he's, he's he's back in the court and ready to, to fight for another Olympic game so it was great to see the big guns uh, get out there and, 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 and start the German League. Keith, have you got any news of the week? Uh, news of the week? Well, I was speaking to Paul McCreary this week and I believe he is hoping to make a comeback into table tennis. So that's great news for us because he's obviously, well, he was the best player we've had for a long time um, and consistently sort of n- number one probably after Murphy's reign, um, <laughs> after his five titles um so yeah great great news for table tennis obviously he had committed himself to the ping pong prior um he got to the quarter finals this year um big game against rumgay obviously he lost so i think he's now looking to put his focus back into table tennis and, and try and get back in hopefully for the commonwealth games he, he is he is he is he is he chasing me down i i, I know paul only has four titles at the moment so he, he he's coming he's coming back he says he can't let Murphy run away with his five titles. Uh, <laughs> Will, have you got any news for us to share? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a, a live workout tomorrow with a bit of fun with Lauren Stedman, who, who's a Paralympian as well. She she also did a SAS, you know, celebrity SAS. So she's she's a tough cookie. So we're gonna we're gonna do a plank challenge. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. So oh, it'll be good. Good stuff. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, let's move on to star of the week. 
Okay, so star of the week is a company that we've all seen uh, on Instagram uh, over the last week or two, Identity Sports Management, uh, owned by a fellow called Ross Brown, and he's got people like Dave Weatherall, Dave Macbeth, and Sam Walker involved as ambassadors, and it's a startup sports management company. And the reason why they're star of the week is um, we're trying to highlight uh, more things surrounding Tail Lens in, in recent weeks. Obviously, with COVID, there's podcasts coming up and chat shows, and historically, you know, you either play or you coach, and that was the sort of routes you took. Hopefully, in the future, there's going to be more avenues for people to commentate, you know, podcasts, like I said, chat shows, management groups, and then the sort of bubble is growing then. So that's why they are a star of the week. And uh, I know, uh, Keith, you've been talking to Dave um, on social media. Has he yeah, said anything no, about it? Is he excited about it? Yeah, no, I think they're they're all just, um, I think they're just trying to raise the profile of table tennis generally. Um, I think... It isn't just a, a sort of directed towards the professionals as, as such. I think they're, they're aiming, you know, to open it up for young people and show them the route um, towards professional table tennis. So it, it seems an interesting concept, certainly the first that I've heard um, in our sport. So, yeah, welcome the welcome the guys um, into, you know, table tennis. And it, it'll, it'll be great to see how it, how it goes for them. Any thoughts on that, Will? Yeah, I think it's great. Anything that we can do to try and get the sport out there and, and support each other, I think that's what we need to do with this sport. I think the big characters have got to be really, really supportive, especially the sort of the ex-pros um, to give something back to the sport. And and I think things like this can really help, really help promote the sport. And that, that, that's always a passion of mine. All right, excellent. Um, what's coming up in next week's show, please, Keith? There we go. I want a refund, Murph. Where's he gone? He's your star of the week next week, anyway. Uh, <laughs> What's going on, there, Keith? Somebody <laughs> cut your bill or what? Oh, man. I don't know. This is hilarious. Uh, so yeah, so next week we have Omar Asar coming up. Um, yeah, I mean world ranked twelfth, I believe, was his highest world ranking, highest ever African table tennis player. So it'll be great to obviously get an insight from Omar, and particularly the fact that he plays with Timo, and you know, hopefully we'll learn a little bit about about those guys as well. So no, really looking forward to that. It'll be a little bit of a time change next week. Um, I believe Omar is. Uh, he just finishes his training at about 11-ish, so we're probably going to push it forward to 1 or 2 p.m. next week. All right, no problem. Um, yeah, it's good to get such a legend on the show. Uh, you know, he's done amazing things, uh, pushed the sort of African game on leaps and bounds with a number of other people like Aruna, Toriola and these these players. So can't wait to get him on and ask him a couple of questions. Just we make sure we won't cut out next week and I we'll know. be back to our best 
sometimes seen, you dip down below the best, but we'll get back there, boys. <laughs> I see Murphy's eyes rolling there whenever we said one or two p.m. <laughs> <laughs> He's loving it. Boys, trying to, yeah, you're trying to you're trying to sort me out here, boys. But uh, just just to, just to finish off, Keith, there's a small rumor going around that Ryan Jenkins done this done this uh, session with Wheel in his boxer shorts, but I don't know. It's to, it's to be proven. No, no, I got shorts on. Don't worry about that. No, no, you can. I'm fully dressed, John. Don't worry about that. Yeah, can you, can you, could you prove that to us, Ryan? I can't prove it. I can't jump that high, but I assure you, I'm not in my boxers or anything. Will, thank you very much for giving up your time, coming to chat yeah, with us, you. you know, opening up, telling us about you know, your best sort of achievements and your stories and it's been a pleasure having you on and you know keep going ready for we'll be watching you next summer and the Paralympics to try and retain your goal but yeah pleasure to have you on yeah it's been a privilege to talk to you guys thank you Thanks keep working me. hard will keep working hard yeah. all right guys Thanks. stay safe see you next week Thanks, see you Thank next you. week <laughs>